Hey there, welcome back to another episode of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Amy Porterfield, and I am thrilled that you are tuning in today. So give me a raise of hands, just raise them up on the treadmill if you're at the gym or if you're in the car driving your kids to school, one hand is enough. Raise your hand if you've ever put the time, effort, blood, sweat, and tears into a piece of content, whether it be an online course or something simpler like a blog post, and you were really proud of that content. You put it out into the world and it's crickets. Nobody's paying attention. I know how devastating that can feel. And I know how frustrating it is when you work so hard and you feel as though you're just not getting the traction you want. Well, what if there was just a tweak or two in how you're communicating to your ideal customer avatar that would actually catch all the right attention and literally transform your message? Well, you're going to be one happy listener today because my guest today, Donald Miller, is going to be sharing a communication framework with you that will literally not only help you clarify your message, but it will help you clarify who you are to your customers inside of your business, who you are to them and who they are to you. I know, I know that might sound a little bit weird right now, but once you hear Donald or as he goes by Don, he said, the only time anyone calls me Donald is when I'm getting in trouble. So when you hear from Don, all of that will really make sense. So I'm not going to make you wait much longer, but just know this is one of my favorite podcast episodes. I don't say that with every episode and I really, really mean it. I can't wait to actually go back and take notes. And that's how much I love this. He dropped so many gems in this interview that I thought, holy cow, this is exactly what I needed to hear. And this is exactly what my listeners need to hear as well. So you're going to love it. Believe me, I just know it. Okay. So because our guest today is a big deal, he needs a proper introduction. Donald Miller, author of Building a Story Brand, a must read book for the record, has created a communication framework based on a story structure that is successfully used in the movies and commercials all the time. He teaches this framework to big time businesses like The Economist, Pantene, Cade's favorite Chick-fil-A, and also online marketers like you and me. And I can tell you this, he is all about helping his clients turn their marketing message into a storyline. And you know, when someone's in a great story, they are all ears, they're paying attention, they want more. And that's exactly what you can do in your brand as well. So I won't make you wait any longer. Let's do this. If the idea of a photo shoot makes you want to pack a bag and move to a faraway land never to be seen or heard from again, then you and I are two peas in a photophobic pod. But the truth is, if you have an online presence of any kind, having professional branded photos can seriously uplevel your business. I wouldn't tell you this if it wasn't worth it and if I truly didn't believe it, my friend. So whether it's the camera you fear or the prep work that goes into planning the day, I've got your back with my free photo shoot planning guide. No matter if this is your first photo shoot or you're an old pro looking to streamline the process, this guide will help you find the perfect photographer, 
Plan and organize the list of shots you'll need and prepare for all the important, but often forgotten, day of details to ensure a smooth and successful photo shoot. And of course, I have a word of encouragement or two to help soothe any insecurities that may come up because I've been there. I get it. So head on over to amyporterfield.com forward slash photo shoot to grab your free guide and let's ditch those photo fears. amyporterfield.com forward slash photo shoot. Don, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for being here. No, thanks for having me, Amy. Oh, this is so much fun. Before we got on, you all didn't get to hear this, but Don was telling me about his place in Tennessee. And you guys know that Hobie wants to build in Tennessee. And Don, I'm pretty sure you are building my husband's dream place. So that must be a lot of fun. It's a blast. And I can't wait to meet your husband and show him around. We'll save him a ton of money on all sorts of mistakes that we've made. <laughs> But yeah, he, he should come. It's it's a great, beautiful place to be. The people here are wonderful. They're just wonderful. I mean, and I guess I should have said, we're talking Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. That's yes. right. <laughs> I, I kind of <laughs> forgot that. But my audience knows Hobie's obsessed with that area, so they get it. Okay. So Good. for those who don't know you yet, and there's not many, but just in case, tell my audience a little bit about yourself and what you do for a living. I help companies clarify their message, and I got into that line of work completely by accident. I spent uh, 10 years writing books, and of course, when you write books, you know that you have to keep the audience interested, and you have to keep people turning the pages and those kinds of things. And then when I started a company, I used the same framework, which is a storytelling framework that I used to, to write books. I used it to clarify my own company's message. And after I did that, the company kind of exploded. And I realized, wait a second, this framework, these, this seven-part framework that I created is actually more, more valuable than the business that uh, I, I was using it to grow. And so we, we pivoted a little bit, started teaching the seven-part framework to mostly small business owners. And I watched businesses double in revenue. I watched businesses increase by 20, 30, 40% just by, by clarifying a message that people could respond to and really it all broke down to seven sound bites that, you know, if you can just get seven sound bites down and repeat them over and over in your marketing collateral, people respond. And, and it, uh, in the same way, they respond to movies that they love. Uh, they respond to brands in the same way. And so we've taught that to about uh, probably about 5,000 businesses now, and we've just had a blast doing it. Okay, so many of my peers have gone through your training with this framework. I know that Stu McLaren talks about it a lot. Jasmine Starr went to one of your trainings. I feel like I need to go there and really immerse myself in it, but I also am excited that you're here to walk us through it. Now, before you do so, I was hoping that you could talk to my audience. There's about uh, my audience is about 99% online entrepreneurs, and I want them to hear why this framework is so valuable before we get into all of the details, why it's so valuable. And also, most importantly, like what happens if you don't use something like this? <laughs> well, I'm convinced if you don't, if you don't actually captivate your audience's attention very quickly, you're, you're not going to be in business very long. And so the unique thing about those of us who do business online is you have seconds, if not milliseconds to capture somebody's attention. And story teaches us to do that. You know, the average brain really daydreams about 30% of the time, unless you walk into a movie theater. 
And if you walk into a movie theater, your brain will not daydream for the whole hour and a half or two hours or three hours. Or if you're watching Netflix, the, the eight days that it's going to take <laughs> whatever you're binging on. And, you know, th that happens because of some things that have been passed down for 2000 years, best practices and storytelling. So, for instance, you would want to very quickly have a character come on the screen, identify something they want and really immediately get them into some kind of trouble. That posits a story question in the brain of whoever's watching that movie to say, wait a second, is Jason Bourne going to get out of trouble? Or is Bridget Jones going to find the love of her life? Or is Benji going to make it home? Or is Luke Skywalker going to be able to defeat the uh, evil empire? When that story question gets posited in your brain, you pay attention to the answer. Now, how does that translate into online entrepreneurs? As the second I go to your website, you need to posit a story question in my brain that gets me to scroll down further on your on your page. And ultimately gets me to believe that, look, if I click the buy now button, this story loop is going to be closed in my brain. So all human motivation is the opening and closing of story loops. If I'm hungry, that's an open story loop. A meal is the closing of that story loop. You know, if I'm thirsty, that's the opening of a story loop. If I drink water, that's the closing of that story loop. So you have to open and close story loops. And so that's really how the entire process works. And uh, we have seven ways that you more or less open or close story loops. And there are only seven. There's only seven in every story that you ever see. And they're not new. I didn't invent them. But I've helped translate what's worked for thousands of years to captivate people's attention in listening to stories and to listening to your brand. Okay. I love this because I'm dying for you to get into the seven. And what I will say before you do so, a lot of my students, and I've been guilty of this as well, we want to throw everything, including the kitchen sink, into our messaging because we don't want to miss a thing and we want to make sure we cover it all. But I know that is diluting our message and confusing people. So you got to just walk us through it. Will you, will you break down the framework? Sure. And, okay. I, and I'll speak to your desire to throw everything, you know, and the kitchen sink at, at the customer. The, the human brain actually has to burn calories in order to process information. When I go to your website, I have to burn calories, literally. It takes about six to 800 calories a day that the brain burns. It's burning more calories than any organ in your body. And you're processing information. The problem is, if you ask me to process information that has nothing to do with my survival, I'm going to tune you out very, very quickly. That's a survival mechanism to not process information that I can't figure out if there's something in it for me. So when you actually throw too much information at your client right away, you're basically saying, hey, would you burn 300 calories with no promise that there's anything in it for you? Well, the brain's going to say, well, I could do that. But if barbarians come over the hill behind my cul-de-sac tonight, I'm not going to have any energy to fight them. So I'm not going to burn that, that those calories. <laughs> on you. That's why you wouldn't throw too much information at a customer. The way relationships work, they work in three phases. This is romantic relationships, this is professional relationships, and this is relationships with your brand when somebody goes to your website. The three phases are curiosity, enlightenment, and commitment. So what I need for you to do for me to be willing to burn more calories processing whatever your offer is, is first make me curious, then enlighten me, and then I'll commit. And so when you actually throw commitment at a customer first, they say, wait a second, we don't know each other. And I, and I don't know if this is going to help me survive. So I'm out. And so really, when you think of a sales funnel, Amy, that you understand and teach so well, you're actually guiding people through the natural progression of a relationship. You're making them curious. 
And then, uh, you know, they'll give you their email address and then you enlighten them with whatever that lead generator is. And then you ask them to commit by buying something. And that's the natural phase that phases of a relationship. So that's why sales funnels that you teach work so incredibly well. The question is, what do we say inside of those sales funnels that actually captivate people's attention? And that's where we get to the framework. So let me walk you first through. Let's all just turn off our business hat and have a little bit of fun. Let's pretend we're writing a screenplay. Okay. The first thing you would want, there's seven things that you need to make this screenplay work. You need a character. And we have to identify very, very quickly what that character wants. So we have to identify Jason Bourne wants to know who he really is. And there are stakes. It's very important that he finds out who he really is. Now, if I throw too many things at the audience, if I say, well, Jason Bourne wants to know who he really is. But he also wants to lose 30 pounds and he's thinking about marrying a girl and he wants to run a marathon and he's researching whether or not to adopt a cat. I will lose the audience. <laughs> and the reason that the audience is going to start daydreaming and walk out of that movie theater unsatisfied is because I asked them to burn too many calories processing the story. So the very per- first thing that you have to understand in order for a story to work is that it has to be clean. It has to be about one thing. Now, there could be a bunch of subplots, but that's more complicated. It really just has to be about one thing. Who is Jason Bourne? And and why doesn't he know who he is? And how is he going to find out? And what are the stakes? There's a burning story question in the brain of, uh, of whoever's watching that movie. So when we actually look at really good brands, like, you know, Ramsey Solutions, Dave Ramsey has institutionalized the story brand framework at every level of his company. And there's really only one thing that Dave Ramsey sells. He sells financial peace. Now, what's amazing, he sells financial peace to entrepreneurs. He sells financial peace to soccer moms. He sells financial peace to pastors and religious leaders. He sells financial peace uh, through buying real estate. He sells financial peace. But he's able to have all that complication under the house of one thing, financial peace. That's what the overall plot of an interaction with Dave Ramsey is about. Now, because he's kept it that simple and sort of couched all the complication of his offering under such a simple narrative, there are hundreds of thousands of financial advisors in the country. Thousands of them have written books. Hundreds of them have podcasts or radio shows. But we all know about one. We know about the one who kept it simple. They kept the narrative very simple. So what that means for you and your audience is we need to identify the one thing that we offer, prefer, you know, that, that we can differentiate ourselves and say, if you want this one thing, you have to come from us. And that takes a little bit of work. You burn a little bit of calories processing. What is the one thing I want to offer? But if you actually burn calories clarifying your message, that means your customer doesn't have to burn any calories to understand it. And that's how you're going to win when you make it very easy for them to understand your offer. So the first thing is you have a character that wants something. we got to define something the character wants. Then the second thing is there has to be a problem. Every story is really about a problem. And so it's about somebody trying to resolve a problem and have a happy ending. And what that teaches us is, you know, as soon as you resolve the problem in a story, the story is over. You know, so if Liam Neeson is on an airplane and he's flying over to London to rescue his daughter and he gets a call and the police station says, look, your daughter uh, was kidnapped. But Liam, you wouldn't believe it. It was a college prank. She's actually fine. There's nothing wrong. And she's really looking forward to seeing you. And then it's 90 minutes of Liam Neeson taking his daughter shopping and talking about (laughs) the audience is going, wait a second, this movie doesn't make any sense and it should be over. Like, shouldn't you be rolling the credits because you resolved the problem? The story is over. So the big paradigm shift for us in business is when you stop talking about your customer's problem, they stop doing business with you. 
The only reason that they're going to your website or calling your sales reps or, or answering your email is because you can help them resolve a problem. In fact, you know, I, I've given a lot of speeches in my day, and I realize that I give a much better speech. The audience is much more involved in, in what I'm saying. If I don't go to the middle of the stage and say, hey, I'm Donald Miller, and I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I have a beautiful wife named Betsy, and we have a dog named Lucy. But if I actually walk from the middle of the stage, don't even say my name, and I just say, I'm here because we have a serious problem. Our marketing isn't working. It's a waste of money. Now, how do we fix it? Everybody leans in. Oh, so, so good. Until you get to the problem, who cares? Yes. And so we need to understand that when we write email copy, when we write, you know, I, I had some people do an exercise recently. I said, print out your website on paper, take a red pen and circle every time you mention your customer's problem on your website. And you wouldn't believe how many people just didn't talk about it. They talked about all about themselves, about their grandfather started the company, how great the company <laughs> is. And, blah, blah, blah. and that's not a hook. That's not a story hook. So we have to talk about a problem. And then this, you know, Amy, as you know, this is the biggest paradigm shift in the whole narrative and the whole story brand framework. You identify what the character wants, you identify the problem they're trying to resolve, and then you can enter their story. But you want to enter their story as the guide. And the guide is a character that has been entering stories for thousands of years. It's a character that exists only to help the hero win the day. So Yoda was Luke Skywalker's guide. Lionel was King George's guide in the King's Speech. Jonah Hill's character was Billy Bean's guide in Moneyball. Haymitch hey, was Katniss's guide. You always want to play the guide in your customer story, and you never want to play the hero. It's super important. The two reasons you never want to play the hero are, one, if you play the hero, you are removing yourself from your customer story. If I position myself as a hero, and I'm talking all the time about how great StoryBrand is, people think, well, man, Don's a hero, and I'm a hero too, which means we're in different stories. I didn't enter into their story at all. I may have gotten them very interested in my story, but I didn't enter into their story. They're not going to do business with me. And the next reason you don't want to play the guide is because, I mean the hero, is because the hero is the weakest character in the story. The hero is ill-equipped, afraid, unwilling to take action, in need of help, desperately looking for a guide. <laughs> Why would you ever want to position your brand as such a weak character? The guide, on the other hand, is strong. They've already conquered the hero's demon. They know how to help the hero win. They have a plan. The guide is the leader in the story, and you want to be the leader. So never play the hero. Always play the guide. And the stakes are enormous. Think about Hillary Clinton losing this campaign. Biggest political upset maybe in American history, certainly in modern American history. What was her tagline? I'm with her. She's the hero. And she loses the election. Oh. John McCain, war hero, lost the election. Bob Dole, war hero, lost the election. You see the parallels there? I people, definitely people, do. Yeah, they honor heroes and they love heroes, but the hero is in their own story. They're not in my story. I know you're focused on marketing and selling your digital products, but I know many of you also have physical products. And I want to talk about Shopify. Shopify is a user-friendly commerce platform that helps you, my dear online entrepreneur, build an online store and make more sales at any stage of your business. They're the force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other businesses at every size. Let me tell you why Shopify is an online entrepreneur's dream platform. It's because it helps turn your browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout experience. 
In fact, it converts 36% better compared to other leading e-commerce platforms. Yeah, loving that. And I don't know about you, but as an online entrepreneur, my customer's experience, especially when it comes to checking out, is so important. Plus, not only do they support your customers, they support you as the entrepreneur. Shopify's award-winning help desk is there to support your success through every question and every step of the way. There's a reason Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash made easy, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash made easy now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash made easy. Today's episode is sponsored by the social media management platform Dash Hudson. In today's ever-changing digital world, staying ahead in social media marketing is more complex than ever. That's where Dash Hudson's latest social media trends report comes in handy. And if you know me, you know I love a good trends report. As featured in Forbes and Business of Fashion, Dash Hudson's free in-depth analysis reveals how a blend of organic, creator, and paid strategies can supercharge your content's reach and impact. This comprehensive report will also showcase how leading brands are perfecting the content life cycle, how TikTok shop is dominating the social landscape, and what this means for those of us who are marketing using social media. So download Dash Hudson's free social media trends report to start perfecting your content today by visiting dashhudson.com forward slash podcast. Okay. So I know you have more on the framework, but this is a big one that my students really need to understand. So give me an example of a classic mistake that they might not even realize they're doing where they're actually playing the hero when they need to be playing the guide. You know, I'll just pick on a giant brand. Uh, Chevy runs ads all the time saying we've won the J.D. Power and Award Associates or J.D. Power and Associates Awards. And we've all seen those commercials. That's basically Chevy getting up and saying, we're the hero, we're the hero, we're the hero. Okay. But what if Chevy actually ran this very similar ad and instead said, you know, we care about safety so much and we care about your family so much and we care about you pulling into your driveway safe. We've made such incredible safety modifications on our cars, the J.D. Power actually gave us an award for serving you. Okay. One is bragging about myself and the other is actually saying, the story is really about you getting home safe. And that's what our whole thing is about. We just want to help you win. Okay. That's Um, a great example. It is. So there's another, you know, we just worked with uh, uh, Tom's Shoes, a fantastic brand, and Tom's does such great stuff. And they're actually considering changing their whole uh, company motto to we give you a way to fight inequality. If you think about the history of Tom's Shoes, they've been giving people a way to fight inequality for years. In fact, meeting with their team, that's they, carry, they, they make amazing shoes and they are really, really just insanely burdened by inequality in the world. But, you know, if, if Tom's came out and said, we fight inequality, we're so amazing. People are like, man, that's really great. You guys are awesome. But if they come out and say, we give you an amazing way to fight inequality that's simple and easy, they're inviting you to be the hero of the story. That's the difference. It's actually a very, very subtle difference, but it's the difference between a customer engaging your story and feeling invited into it and a customer saying, well, that's a neat story, but that's your story. That's not mine. 
I'm glad you talked about the hero guide relationship. I know there's more to the framework, but that definitely is one that really gets people stuck. And I feel that social media doesn't make it easy because here we are posting pictures of ourselves all over our Instagram and Facebook feeds. Maybe not you, but I definitely know that if I post a picture of a stock photo, it doesn't really get much. If I post a picture of me, it gets a lot more likes. So mm-hmm. it's hard to be that guide when you're like, look at me, look at me. Well, you know, it's okay though, Amy. A lot of people get confused about that because they say, wait, we shouldn't have pictures of myself on the page because I don't want to play the hero. But that's actually not the case. So Dave Ramsey's picture is on billboards, his picture is on the front cover of books. But when they look at him, they see that's my guide. And so that's okay. In fact, there are many movies. There are many movies that are really just about the guide. So in the movie Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins is the guide. It's the father who is the hero but he's not on screen very much. So don't think, hey, this means I can't bring attention to myself. That's actually not true at all. It's just that when you bring attention to yourself, you need to be talking about your customer. And so one way that I would always use social media, if I were somebody you know, in, in the shoes of the, your customers, is I would use uh, social media to celebrate my customers. So I would say, you know, here I am with uh, so-and-so, and uh, I'm just so proud of them. They were able to accomplish this amazing thing and blah. So the guide is always positioning themselves in two ways. One is empathetic toward their customers' concerns, and two is authoritative, that is, uh, competent in solving their customers' problem. So when you ask Dave Ramsey, Dave, what is your story? He'll say, well, 30 years ago, I went bankrupt because I just used stupid financial practices, but then I actually got smart and created a really simple framework I could live by, and now I'm rich, and I can help you get rich too. Well, everybody thinks, well, Dave's story is really amazing. But Dave didn't tell you who he was married to. He didn't tell you how many kids he has. He didn't tell you where he went to school. He didn't tell you his story at all. What he told you was, I really care about you. I identify with you. I've had troubles too, but I don't have those troubles anymore because I got smart and I can get you out of your troubles if you trust me. That's guide positioning and that's what Dave does. Oh, these examples are so good. You must have done this a few times before. (laughs) So good. Okay. So I wanted you to dive deep into that hero guide relationship. So I'm glad you did, but keep going on the framework. Okay. So after we position ourselves as a guide, it's important to give customers a plan. And this is what you'll see a guide in a movie do. Obi-Wan or Yoda will say, look, you got to get in an X-wing fighter. You got to ride through the trench in the Death Star. Then you got to put, you know, fire the photon, photon, photon torpedo through the, uh, through the hole in the Death Star. I know, how to, I know that it's a photon torpedo because I got letters from people explaining that. What, okay. <laughs> I have never even heard of that, but okay. <laughs> and, um, you know, they get a plan and it's usually three or four steps, something easy. And it, it gives this sense of uh, clarity about what this movie is about. And I've noticed that when, when a financial advisor says, uh, look, you know, I can really help you navigate this volatile market. Let's get together Thursday. They don't do very much business. But when a financial advisor says, look, I could really help you navigate this volatile market, I do that in three steps. One, I meet with you and I analyze your dreams and goals. Two, I give you a custom strategy, a report that you can use to just navigate this stuff. And three, if you like, I can hold your hand and we can execute it together. Whenever there's a three-step plan about how to do business with us, the, the engagement increases. And the reason is human beings are designed to walk down paths. So if you and I come to the edge of a field, Amy, and we're going for a walk and we're having a great conversation and there's no sidewalk across that field, we will literally walk around the field to stay on the sidewalk. But if there's a sidewalk going through the field, even if it's an S-curve sidewalk, you and I will walk on that sidewalk. The reality is we could have just walked across the field. 
but we kind of there's this mental resistance to doing that. And so a lot of us, we say, hey, do business with us. And people are looking around going, but where's the path? Where's the sidewalk? And what they're looking for is three steps. So if you walk into a CarMax, you'll see the three steps to selling your car to CarMax, the three steps to buying a car from CarMax, the three steps to getting uh, financing through CarMax. Why do you think they're using so many three-step plans? It's because it works. It's a sidewalk that people will walk down. So you want to be able to, to, let's go back through the framework, identify something your customer wants, identify the problem that you help them solve, position yourself as a guide, and give them a three-step or four-step path. Five steps don't tend to work. Studies show three and four works best. But you give them the, the three-step path. And uh, then the fifth part of the framework is you call them to action. And this is it's just amazing how many people mess this up on their website. You need a direct call to action that says buy now. Or it can say schedule an appointment or it can say something, you know, it needs to be direct, something that they can accept or reject. That call to action needs to be crystal clear. It should be a different color even on your website. It should not say get started or learn more. Those, that's very passive language. And so when we don't have a direct call to action, what we're saying to people is I'd like for you to do business with me. But I really don't believe in my product very much. So I'm going to use some passive language here, but I really could use the money. So if you feel like <laughs> buying that, stay with me, you know, who's going to do business with that person, right? <laughs> you can actually solve my problem, have confidence and say, hey, listen, you don't need to struggle with this. Buy this right now and you won't have to struggle with it. Uh, you know, it's that kind of confidence. So we need a direct call to action. And then finally, the sixth and seventh part of the framework are the stakes. You need to tell me what I'm not going to get, what I'm going to lose, what I'm going to miss out on, how terrible my life will be if I don't buy your product. And you need to tell me how great my life will be. And here's what your life, here's what my life will look like if I do buy your product. We call that success and failure. That puts stakes in the game. You know, if you remove the stakes from a story, the story is actually over. So if Liam Neeson is flying over to rescue his daughter and she's strapped to a bomb and 50 minutes into the movie, the police go to Liam and say, hey, your daughter is strapped to the bomb. Uh, but here's the thing. We know for a fact this bomb is a dud. It, it's not going to blow up. And then he spends the next 45 minutes trying to disarm the bomb. We just <laughs> we ruin the movie because there's no stakes. There's nothing that can be lost. And so we've got to explain to people, here's what can be won or here's what can be lost if you do or do not buy my product. Now, these are not equal parts. You can't, if you do the over, if you overdo the failure part, you're going to turn customers off. If it's not there, you're, you're, they're not going to be interested in the story. But if you overdo it, you're going to turn customers off. However, a vision of their success or what life will look like if they buy your product, you can overdo that all day long. I mean, you can just keep, keep talking about it and you're going to be just fine. So you kind of have to read the book to understand the nuances of the framework, but that's a basic gist of the framework itself. Oh, I recommend this book to everybody listening right now, and I'm going to link to it in the show notes. This is a must for every online marketer. So every marketer out there, but I've got the online marketers. So for sure, you got to read the book. Okay. So I'm going to give you something very specific to the people that are listening right now. As you likely know, I help people create digital course businesses. So they're building businesses where the main source of their revenue is selling digital courses. And one thing that my students struggle with 
especially when they're in the throes of creating their online course, is clarifying their course promise. So if you buy my course, this is what you will get from it. This is my promise. These are the results that you'll get. And I recently did a two-day live workshop literally days ago, and people came and they were supposed to come with their course idea solidified, their outline solidified, and their course promise solidified, and we were going from there. But we really got hung up with a lot of people because they just couldn't solidify that course promise. They, they felt confused and overwhelmed by it, and they couldn't get clarity. And I was wondering if you could offer some words of advice. Why do you think people would get stuck in that area? Area. Well, I think because they're so close to it. You know, uh, Leela Fever in his book, uh, The Art of Explanation, which is a wonderful book, he talks about the curse of knowledge, that you're so close to what you offer that you, you're projecting your understanding of it to other people. And they don't understand. And, you know, we have a mantra at StoryBrand, if you confuse, you lose. The answer to confusion is always no. And so when people are so close to what they offer, they tend to be either really vague or they speak inside language. And I'm amazed. I'll actually say to somebody, do you think on a scale of one to 10, your message is really clear? At one to 10, 10 being clear. And they'll say 10. I'll say, come up in front of the group. I have no idea what you offer, but tell me what you offer. And they'll say nutritional packages that allow equestrian products to flourish. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say, wait, hold on, back up. You you offer what? And I, equestrian products, and then they'll I'll say, what is? What are you talking about? What is that? And they'll say, well, it's a supplement you sprinkle on horse food. It lets the horse live another year longer than normal. There and I'm you like, go. just say that. That's exactly <laughs> what you need to say. So it's usually, but you know, Amy, you and I know from writing books, right? It's usually the second or third pass where you actually get to the clear part. And I would hate for your readers to feel like, I'm just not good at this or whatever. Right. Every writer has to rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. And that's why we go to somebody like you, right? You're helping us figure it out. And so don't be discouraged. That's just, that's just the writing life. But the beautiful thing is every calorie that you burn clarifying your message is a calorie your customer doesn't have to burn to understand it. And so, you know, that process of actually having a unique offer, one unique offer that everybody can understand, what that does, and the reason that's so important, is it invites everybody into a story. I can live this story that this person is inviting me into. And I say, stop selling things and start inviting people into very clear stories. And it starts with one clear offer. But don't be vague and don't use inside language. And, and here's the thing, test it. Just at a Starbucks and you're standing in line at Starbucks, there's strangers all around. You say, I'm so sorry to bother you. I'm actually starting a business. Can I tell you what I offer and then ask you if you understand and then say, I offer supplemental equestrian packages to whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right. And just test it. And at the point where somebody says, wow, that's actually very interesting. My uncle owns a horse. Can I get your card? Now you're on to it. So true. I love this example. And it's so funny. But I also get my students say something like, I help um, middle aged women become happier. <laughs> and so, hey, so think about it. You're a, you could be a gym, you could be an executive coach, you could be a nanny, you could be an at home chef, it doesn't work. You know, it, you, it doesn't work. So you have to say, let's say I meet an at home chef at a party, there's two at home chefs at the same party. And I say to the first one, what do you do? And they say, well, I'm an at-home chef. I said, that's interesting. 
I meet the second at-home chef and I say, what do you do? They say, well, you know how most families don't have the time to cook healthy meals? I'm an at-home chef. Oh my gosh, this is so good, you guys. I hope you heard that. It's so clear. It's so clear. And that's the key. Everybody's mind has to click and say, oh my gosh, I need that. I need that. Yes. Okay, so that's a really good test. Next time you're at Starbucks and you tell somebody what you do, if that person, this is another thing, let's say you get lucky enough to stand next to someone who's your ideal customer avatar. And if they, if that's your ideal customer avatar and they said, oh, I need that, then you know they get it. If they're your avatar and they do not say, I need that, we got to clean up that promise. And I love that you give permission to people. Let's have a few iterations of that because that is very normal. Yeah. And you just want to test it, test it, test it. I mean, until you go through 10 or 12 of them, you're probably not there. You know, and the real key, when you're really good, it's when somebody says, wow, I don't even need that, but I want it. (laughs) Yes, that's when you hit the jackpot. That's when you hit the jackpot. (laughs) So very true. We are online marketers, which means we have unique needs. And there are so many options out there for paid media. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where should you go to reach your ideal audience. But here's the thing. Have you thought about LinkedIn ads? LinkedIn ads empowers marketers with solutions for you and your customers, and it allows you to build the right relationships and drive results and reach your customers with meaningful content. You do not want to sleep on LinkedIn ads. And here's the thing, 79% of content marketers said LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. I hear it from so many of my peers, and I know you're doing important work. And with that, you want to make sure that the work you're doing is getting in front of the right people. And that's what LinkedIn ads will allow you to do. So let your marketing efforts connect with the right audience and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. So if you go to linkedin.com slash Amy, you can get that $100 credit. So that's linkedin.com slash Amy. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so I'm going to switch gears just a little bit, but we're still on the framework. I love that your framework makes talking to our ideal customer avatar so much easier. And my listeners are constantly creating content if they're following my framework of creating content every single week on their blog or podcast or on their video show. And sometimes they sit down and they're ready to write their weekly blog and it's like blank. Their mind is literally blank and they need help. And this comes up a lot. So I know that you have three magical yet simple questions based on this framework that can help them. So can you walk us through them? Sure. And, and you know, if you want to, uh, I have a piece of software called Story. It's called a brand script. Yes. But if you go to mystorybrand.com, it's a free piece of software. And you literally type in the seven categories and you can actually use it to create a blog post. But let's actually get much more simple than that. Okay. Tell everyone real fast. Where do they go again? They just go to mystorybrand.com and it's a beautiful piece of software and it's helped, I don't know how many thousands of businesses clarify their message, but I actually use it to write books. I use it to give keynote speeches. I use it to outline blog posts. It will do most of the work for you. You literally just fill it out. And then in the notes section, you put it all together and then that's your blog post. It's super, super simple. So good. So there's that tool, but then let's say we want to make something even shorter. Really, what you want to do to to sort of condense your, your company offering into a short story, there's three parts to it. One is problem. The next is product or solution and then result. 
problem, product, solution, and then result. So if I wanted to explain my company, I want to follow that order. Somebody says, Don, what do you do? I say, well, you know, most business leaders are so close to their products, they don't know how to talk about them to get customers to listen. I have a framework that helps them clarify their message. So when they use their, the new message, their company starts growing again. You know, if I say that to people on an airplane, I've got to do two hours of consulting. Right. You know, because they're interested, right? Yes. But why? The problem hooks you. The product is the, the solution to the problem. And then the result is the happy life that I get to live because I used your product. And so you really want to put those three things together. And that's a, a very short, cohesive narrative that hooks an audience. It's the same formula that people often use, screenwriters often use to explain their screenplay. So when you're actually flipping through your iPhone, wondering what movie to go see at the theater tonight, you look for something familiar, usually, oh, I know that actor. And then you read about it. That's usually a one-liner. That's usually so-and-so struggle with this, but then he met somebody who helped him with this, and uh, hopefully it worked out for the best, right? It's problem, product, solution. And that, that narrative formula is a well-worn path in the human brain, and when you use that to describe your products, you're speaking a language that the brain already understands. Oh, so good. So how does this translate into, let's say, an Instagram post? Yeah. Well, you know, you really want to kind of do the same thing. So just try this, variations of this. Next time you post on Instagram, make yourself start the Instagram post with these words. We all struggle with X or such and such can sometimes be a challenge or nobody likes it when this happens or like you, I often get frustrated at this. In other words, start with a problem. And then actually talk about something that happened that helped you realize a solution to that problem. And then say, at the end, just say, I hope that helps you too. It certainly helped me. Just do that, that simple formula. And the other thing that I would do with Instagram posts, if I were, I am a brand, if I were in your shoes, I would celebrate customers' victories. So let's actually reverse engineer the power of Dave Ramsey's $200 million financial advice firm here in Nashville. Okay. What does Dave do? Every day on the air, he has multiple people on the air who do what's called a debt-free scream. That is, they come on the air and they say, we're debt-free. You know, and Dave says, you know, Nancy and Joe, have they have paid off $58,000 in debt in 24 months. Amazing. Nancy and Joe, tell me, how hard was it? What sacrifices did you create? Blah, blah, blah. And then he has them do the debt-free scream. What Dave is doing every day on the show is he is putting a climactic scene in the mind of 3 million radio listeners. So there's a climactic scene that they can experience where their troubles went away in one moment. And the guide, who is Dave Ramsey, actually affirms them and says, you know what, you've transformed. He always says, very smart, smart couple, smart couple. He's saying the story that you went through and have just ended with your debt-free screen has changed you and made you a better person. What's the lesson that we can all learn? Celebrate your customers' successes on your social media. Because everybody else will say, I want that to happen to me too. And they're being invited into a story where they can follow that other customer who's seen a success and experience a success through whatever it is that you offer. Okay, this is so freaking good. Because do you know Stu McLaren? I do. I actually flew to Toronto and spent some time with him. He's a wonderful human being. Did you spend time with him about membership sites or just for something else? 
No, we just went up and did a day's worth of consulting with Stu and he changed our lives. Okay, so did we. And he changed our lives. We did that not too long ago. And he gave me an idea that was worth half a million dollars. It was amazing. (laughs) So the guy's guy's incredible. And he's a dear friend of mine. But while I was there in Toronto, so it's so funny you were there as well. While I was there, he taught me the difference. And this is the first time I really understood this. The difference between a testimonial, which I look like the hero... And the story of my students where they become the hero. That's right. And I just realized, I'm sure he got this idea from you or there was something there because it's such a subtle shift that has made all the difference for us. No, it's an amazing thing. Instead of customers talking about how great you are, customers talk about the success that they've had because they used your product and what life looks like now. It's a mini case study rather than a testimonial. Yes. And that's what we're doing. We're getting ready for a big launch in January. And we keep saying we need more stories, more stories instead of go find me all the testimonials. And it's that's really right. fun for me to tell people stories. It's, it's so much more fun. It, you know, people, they, everybody thinks they have to talk about themselves and they don't. They actually don't want to talk about themselves. It gets old. I get bored with myself. I get excited <laughs> about you. I get excited <laughs> about what you're doing, what you're accomplishing. So, you know, Amy, you'll love this. One of the themes that we're considering, we always have a couple themes for every year at StoryBrand. You know, we all have to do a lot of work, but there's one thing that we want to keep in the back of our mind the whole year. And one of the theme that we're studying, that we're considering for 2019 is, quote, stories of transformation. And that is, we want to talk about who our customers were and who they are now and how they've transformed to become better versions of themselves and their businesses become better versions of their own business and those kinds of things. It's those stories of transformation. And the reason we want to do that is Bridget Jones is desperate at the beginning of the movie and she wants to be in a relationship with her boss, but her boss is a jerk. And at the end of the movie, she realizes, you know what? I'm worth way more than that guy. I can do way better than that guy. She transformed. Luke Skywalker, he wonders whether he has what it takes to be a Jedi. At the end, he's getting a medal, and he's confident that he has what it takes to be a Jedi. Daniel in in The Karate Kid, he doesn't know if he has what it takes to beat the bully. And at the end, he's very confident. Everybody is looking for transformation. And, you know, it's beautiful for us as brands to participate in our customers' transformation, becoming better versions of themselves. And then when we turn around and tell the story of their transformation, not our greatness as a company, of their transformation, other people want to experience that same transformation and they begin to engage our brand. Oh, so good. This is so good. And you know how to wrap up a podcast because you ended on the perfect note. I thought I loved this whole idea of story brand before you got on this podcast. Now I might be a little bit obsessed. So (laughs) thank you for this. And I really want all my listeners to, if you haven't already read Donald Miller's book, building a story brand, I will link to it in the show notes. And I just can't thank you enough. Thank you so much for coming on the show and being so generous with your examples and stories and insights. Amy, you have transformed our company, and I'm so grateful. As much as fun as this has been, I want to make it very clear. I feel like the hero, and you are my guide, and I'm so grateful for you. Okay, that is the nicest thing you just made my whole day. So thanks so much for coming, and thanks so much for that. God bless. Bye now. Okay, so there you have it. Did you love this interview as much as I did? I mean, come on, the guy is just brilliant. I love listening to him. I want to reread the book. 
I want to go to his story brand trainings. He has them all over the U.S. and probably outside of the U.S. as well. You got to check out Donald Miller and Story Brand. I'll make sure to link to his book and to his website in the show notes. Now, coming up next week to continue in the vein of creating compelling content that our ideal customer avatars will pay attention to, don't miss next week's episode with my guest, Melissa Casera. So like Donald, Melissa is a huge fan of using storytelling to create compelling content. Her website actually tells her visitors that she'll teach them how to create content and offers that send their fans into a complete and total frenzy. I mean, who wouldn't want that, right? And I know that she delivers on this promise. You're going to love next week's episode as well. I'll see you here, same time, same place. And real quick, if you haven't already subscribed to this podcast, I am always sending out extra bonuses that you will not know about unless you're subscribed. So no matter where you listen, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. All right, guys, I'll see you soon. Bye for now.